Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you could join us here again today. But we need to let you know that as we start here, there is heaviness on our hearts for sure. Um, we are grieving, and um, I think it's important for you to know that as a church family, we are grieving um, because uh, we have suffered a great loss at our church. Yeah. One of our just one of the pillars of our youth group, seventeen-year-old young man, just unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been. We've been grieving that pretty hard. Many in our church are. I know our two sons were good friends with with this young man, and and uh, boy, he was the best too. I mean, he'd been in our home many times. So kind, great family. I mean, it's just he was one of the good ones. And and uh, we've been with the family here recently, working on funeral preparations. And and I um I told the family this. I'll, I'll tell you guys too. I certainly don't mind. I really think this has been the toughest loss, the toughest death we've had to bear right. in our entire ministry. And we've, at being in the ministry, we deal with death. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it's not uncommon. And um, but this one's hard. This one's very, very hard because, I mean, he's seventeen years old, and and you just don't expect that. And it was unexpected, and it was um, um, no warning, no, no nothing. It was just, it was just the Lord decided it was time. Yeah. It was His time, and. Um, it, it hit it hit pretty hard and and um, you know I know many in our youth group uh, this is their first experience with this kind of loss right. and so being at the hospital being here I know our pastor Taylor has done a great job um, making space available for these kids to come and share and minister to one be another together. and be together and there's been some real good healing times but now our sites you know we're looking towards now the the funeral that will be happening soon and and um, boy it's just it's things like this, it just really put things in perspective. Mm -hmm. And it really makes me thankful that, um, we have a different kind of hope in this world than other people. And, and for Christians, this is totally different. The, the, it's not, it doesn't make it less hard. It doesn't make it, um, any easier. What I mean, it just, we have a, a different outlook, a completely different outlook on, on this life and what happens after this life. And, um, Man, I, I could hardly got through it. I had to, I had to, to, to teach at the church, and and I was leading the church in communion. And man, that was that was hard because I talked about Princeton and I talked about this young man, and I related it to communion. And man, I was choking back the tears, yeah, um, the entire time. Um, but uh, the Lord helped me get through it. But um, there's this verse that comes to my mind. It's First Thessalonians four, verse thirteen. And it just says this, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. This is just one of those verses out of many, many verses in the Bible that speak so clearly about how there is indeed an afterlife. And, um, and those who are part of the family of God will be with the Lord forever, all eternity. And, you know, it, it just brings me comfort. And there's a word in here, uh, and the word is hope. Yeah. And I, I'd say that's probably the biggest difference when it comes to 
to Christians who pass away and those who are not Christians. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to hope there. In fact, I've been on, I've been in, I've been a part of funeral services where it felt more like a celebration, a party, yeah. a lot of laughter and cheering. Cause you know, this person's in heaven and, um, um, and a lot of times those are with our senior saints, you know, mm-hmm. those people who have lived a good long life and they were believers and, and they, uh, uh I mean, they just love Jesus. And, and when, when you lay somebody to rest like that, it is just, it, it's a joyful thing. Cause you know, you're about to receive your reward. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of times those deaths come after a long illness or the health was declining, but you know, there's, there's a sense of that person was older. They had a good life. They, and they even, you know, most older people that I, visit with and they know they're near death. They're like, I welcome this. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to meeting Jesus face to face. So you cut, but, but when you lose somebody so young, it just is tough. Really, really tough. tough. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we, we were talking before this, that having our son who is the same age as our friend who passed away makes it really tough for him. But, um, it was for both of our boys because this kid was so kind to all ages, like every sibling, every little sibling, every adult was like, man, he was so kind. Um, he encompassed the fruit of the spirit, like no one else really. And Um, uh, I found out, uh, just found out the other day that, um, he had already set his mind towards Bible college. He was going to change. He had, he had, uh, some things that he was thinking about going into after high school, but his family just informed me that, uh, no, he was going to go to Bible college. He was probably gonna end up at Ozark Christian college and was going to pursue ministry and see where the Lord took his life there. So he was already an influencer. Even in our student ministry here in Northwest Arkansas, and he made a great impact on every person that he talked to and um, every person he was around, and he was a servant. And so, um, I mean, that just always brings you know me a smile, and it's made it easier probably to talk to our boys about who he was and and um, what he was about and and what he uh, made his life about and right. um, how he conducted himself regularly that he uh, you know had that love that joy that peace the patience you know the kindness I cannot right. tell you over and over how many times I have used his name and kindness together because he was he he was so kind he was and so yeah, so we're we're hurting today, and and it, and it is tough on our church, and it's there's a lot of grieving happening here, and that's just how much this this young man was loved and how highly he was thought of. So, but um, you know, I, there's a few thoughts that have been coming to my mind um, since since I first learned of this tragedy, this just sadness. But the the first one, it just comes back to this: all life is precious, mm-hmm. and um, something we've been talking with our boys about um, is hey. It doesn't matter if you're 17 or you're 117, nobody is guaranteed a tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible speaks about the life that we live here. It's like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And and that's really what our life is like, you know, and, and during that time of mist, we're not, we don't even know how long that's going to be. What we're focused on is eternity, that our citizenship is not here on earth. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven and we're playing, you know, we're, we're playing for heaven. Right. That's what we're doing. And so... 
Um, we're all just going to be on this earth for a very short amount of time in comparison to what eternity is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's one thing we've told our boys, and I've encouraged other parents to remind their kids, all life is precious, um, and there are no guarantees. And so if there was ever a time to get serious about your faith, it is today. Mm-hmm. Not tomorrow, not next week. Um, it's, it's the wrong way to think about it. I'm going to have my fun now. And then later in life, I will settle down and get serious about my faith. That is the wrong way to look at it. I mean, it, you know, it, you've got to, you got to take your faith seriously. So we've been having these conversations with our boys. It's your life is not something you play around with. Your walk with Jesus is not something you play around. It's not one of those things that you're going to get serious with one day. Yeah. Later on. Later on. So that's a, that thought's heavy on my heart. And we've talked about this fa- a lot in our family mm-hmm. is that all life is, is precious. And then it's also given us an opportunity to have some very open conversations with our kids. And they, they know this instinctively, but when something so real like this happens, um, to talk about what we are actually all looking forward to. And what does it mean to, to be together in all eternity? You know, um, This is why you don't play games with your walk with Jesus, but you just walk daily with him because we are not without hope. I can tell you the most hopeless, this, this still stands out in my mind so clear as one of the most hopeless situations I've ever seen. It was really actually a very sad thing. It was a spiritual dark, dark thing. It, it affected me emotionally and physically. Um, this happened when I was living in Kansas City. I got a call one day at the office from a funeral home and the funeral director just said, Hey, look, uh, I got a, a guy that passed away and the family there, there's no church connection. There's no faith connection. And, um, I'm just looking for somebody to come up here and say a few words at what this funeral and I'm, I'm striking out and I just need somebody. Can you help me? It was very desperate. And I said, yeah, I'll help you. And the funeral was the very next day. And, and I got the, the number for the, the guy that passed away. It was the number for his daughter. And I called her up and I said, Hey, my name is Joe and I'm the pastor at, you know, I, I named the church I was a part of. And I said, I'm going to be doing your dad's funeral service tomorrow. And I just, sorry for your loss, you know, and I tried to offer the, the normal condolences and she didn't say anything on the phone. And, and I finally said, you know, uh, what, what would be really helpful. I want to try to make this service just as personable. I know I didn't know your dad. I don't know you guys at all, but I'm going to do my very best to make this a wonderful thing. And I said, can you give me an information? What was your dad like? What did he love? You know, what were some of the marks? It was like, what will he be remembered for? And I'm just trying to think of anything to just try to pull out some information. And finally, after a long silence, she just said to me on the phone, the only thing we care about is that you keep it short. And I remember, golly, the only thing you care about is that you keep it short. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, is there anything else? She goes, no, no, just get us in and get us out. And we'll be fine. Wow. And I thought, man, that, so I didn't know what to expect. So I, to the very best of my ability, I tried to put some thoughts together and I showed up for the funeral the next day. And there's a few people, this wasn't a very big funeral. It was in the, the little chapel at the funeral home there. And there was probably 15, 20 people that showed up, but the family never showed. And, and, and we're running on 15 minutes late and there's no family here. Oh, wow. And, and I remember the funeral director and I were talking, he's like, should we just go ahead and do this thing? And he goes, man, I don't think we should without the family. And so we waited a little bit longer. And if I, my memory serves me correctly, um, I think we waited about 20 to 25 minutes. And then the family finally rolled in. And when I say the family, we're talking about 10 or 12 of them. Um, um, and man, I'm going to just try to paint the picture for you. They walk in and they are, they are, they are not, they, they look like they just rolled out of bed. 
I mean, one of the guys looked like he'd been working on his car that morning and hadn't, you know, changed his clothes. We're talking cut off T-shirts. You know, we're talking. I'm just trying to paint the picture. I'm not trying to judge him. I'm just saying they had the look of we could care less if we're here. Mm. And the the words of the daughter was like, just get us in, get us out. Just short and sweet. We don't care. And there was no hugs, there was no tears, there was nothing. And I and they just came and sat down. They didn't talk to anybody at all. And so I stood up and started to go through the service. And and a lot of times in these kind of smaller services, you ask people, hey, would anybody like to share a memory? And when I offered that to the group, nobody wanted to share anything. There was nobody that was willing to speak. Then finally, one guy who was not part of the family, he raised his hand and, and he came to the front and, and, and he said, I used to work with the gentleman, like, I don't know, 15 years earlier. And he goes, man, I just remember he loved dogs. He was, he was a dog lover. And then he sat down. It was like 15 seconds. The culmination of this guy's life was one guy he worked with 15 years ago, remembered that he loved dogs. And I thought, oh, geez. Anyway, we suffered through the rest of the service. And then I said a closing prayer and the family immediately got up. They didn't greet anybody. They just walked out. They walked out to their cars and left. And and I remember feeling so down. I didn't even know these people. But I remember feeling so down after that because it was just such a dark, it was spiritually dark. Mm-hmm. And Kirsten, I don't know if you remember, but I came home from that and, oh, yeah. and I didn't feel well. I, I physically did not feel well because, and I, I remember our conversation at the time, it's like, I feel like I've been someplace that was so spiritually mm-hmm. dark. There was so much darkness and drab about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, for the best of my ability, seem to break through it with anything re- Jesus at all. Right. And, and it took me a, a few hours to get over that and let that go because it was like, man, I never want to experience that again. And, and that in my mind, in some ways, the Lord would just give me a little picture of what complete lostness yeah. looks like. Well, and so much of who we are, um, you know, you want to be remembered for the impact that you had on people in their life. And so, um, to have that kind of, as what people remembered of him is, dogs. Um, I, I hope I'm remembered for something different than that. <laughs> honestly. Oh, you will be. And I you know that. what? Princeton's going to be remembered for a whole lot more than that. Yeah. And this is a man that's left a mark. He was 17 years on this planet, but he left a mark, um, on this world. And it was a mark for Jesus. And yeah. I firmly believe that the Lord is not done with, with, uh, Princeton's story. And I believe God's going to use this man, even in passing, to lead people to Jesus. And I think there's testimonies, there's influences. And so, you know, so we've tried to tell our kids, all life is precious. Um, There is an afterlife and we need to take our faith very seriously. And then finally, what I've tried to just express to my kids and and the people I've talked to about this is just how grateful we are that the Lord loves us. Mm -hmm. And then this this concept that the Lord lived, he died, and he rose again. Mm -hmm. And the Bible speaks about sin's worst consequence is death. Mm -hmm. And Jesus's death and resurrection of himself actually takes the sting out of it, Mm -hmm. takes the sting out of it. In other words, this lostness, this complete eternity without Jesus, that that death brings that has lost its sting and for for princeton that has lost its sting yeah ultimately when we go through the grieving and the mourning process knowing that princeton is in heaven right now with jesus knowing that he would not come back even if the lord gave him a choice after what he's seen 
takes the sting out of death. And that is the hope that we have as Christians, that that the grave is not the end because of what Christ did for us on the cross. There is hope. And and it can take the sting out of death away. We will miss him forever, you know, and it'll leave a huge void in that family. But that still, even with all that, it is not without hope. And 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 we and it's not the same kind of sting as somebody like the funeral I just described. Mm -hmm. That is lostness. That Mm -hmm. is that is darkness. Jesus took the darkness out of death for all of us, and we have a hope of a future. And so, yeah, so talking about it today, I don't know how we could have come into this podcast and not talked about right. this. It's so fresh, you know, but, it, but it's heavy on our hearts. And, and, and I know many of you listening may not even know this family, but do pray for them. Um, they're a great family. I love them dearly. They are, they are incredible followers of Jesus, and, and this is tough, but I know they've got their faith. And, um, and knowing where, where their son is today is what makes life can be tolerable and bearable moving forward and what eventually will he- lead to healing. So, you know, if anybody's listening to this and dealing with some of these very same issues, just remember life is precious. Take your faith seriously and know without a shadow of a doubt, there is an afterlife. And we need to thank our heavenly father for sending his son because his death on the cross takes the sting out of all of this. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the link for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show.